Well, let's look at second thir- se- uh, excuse me, Second Corinthians 10, verse 3. We've spent a few Wednesdays on a series we called uh, Refuting Negative Thoughts, and we're going to cover that a little bit more tonight. How many, how many of you all have ever had a negative thought? No, don't, don't raise your hand. <laughs> when was the last time? No, I'm just kidding. No, we wouldn't do that. No, we all have. We all deal with them. They all come. You don't have to believe for them. You don't have to, uh, doesn't matter if you believe for them or not. You're going to have negative thoughts come to your head. Uh, like uh, Brother Hagin used to say, uh, you, can't, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop him from building a nest in your hair. It's the same thing with thoughts. Thoughts may come, and thoughts can keep coming to your head, but you can do something about it. We don't have to just say, well, I just can't help that. That's not true. 2 Corinthians uh, 10, verse 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. In the NIV, it says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of, this, of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Let's read this uh, in the Amplified Classic, one more translation. It says, For though we walk or live in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Verse 5, inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings in every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ. So this is talking about casting down arguments, taking every thought captive, um, refuting thoughts that, that contradict the Word of God. And we've talked about that some. Those messages are up on you know, various places, YouTube, our website, podcasts, etc. You can go back and listen to them because there is a lot there that we can benefit from. But um, we talked about casting down thoughts, refuting thoughts. As thoughts come, you do something with them. You don't let them sit. If you just, well, it just bounces around in my head and I'm not going to do anything, then they... they they can start affecting your whole life. And they can take root. And then over time, they become what we would call a stronghold. They are just part of your thinking. You think that way. And actually, it was introduced a decade ago. There was a negative thought. Well, I don't know if people like me. I'm ugly. I'm not smart. I don't know if I can do this skill or that skill. You know, to this day, people will say, I can't do that. I can't do something. Who told you that? Well, I had this, you know, so-called friend or, you know, some teacher that wasn't thinking, you know, told me I couldn't. You know, and some people, they're bound by that. And in fact, they could. You know, how many people, um, they, they were told somehow that they couldn't sing at some point. And 
People believe that pretty easy. Musicians believe that really easy. If you're a musician, you don't need much help to, to, to believe that you can't do it. You're your own worst critic already. Somebody says you can't play, you can't sing. Well, that can leave a mark. You just can't do it. But that's not true. It may be. I mean, if, it could be true, right? But in so many cases, it, for some people, they just need to know. Somebody didn't tell them. They, you know, they need to be like, no, you, 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 you can't. There's, a, there's a, a story I heard that... This, um, this, person, this person came up, I think it was Kenneth E. Egan Sr. that was telling this story. Somebody came up to him, and they were like, I just, somebody prophesied over me, and they told me I was going to be this, you know, I, I, I was gifted in music and singing, and, um, you know, I was just going to be this really influential, uh, you know, worship leader. And I went to a... Um, and I went to get a lesson, and the, and the person told me I was tone deaf. He said, what should I do? And he said, forget it. <laughs> I mean, forget somebody. So this person was never singing, never doing anything. And then somebody, quote unquote, prophesied to him and told him, oh, you're it was never in their heart. It was nothing they did, and they couldn't. So that's the uh, one extreme. On the other hand, there's a whole lot of people that are gifted. I'm just using that as an example. They have ability but how many of you know there is an enemy who's going to try to snuff that out as early as he can? And if he can get somebody else to say something to you, to discourage you, he will. And some, I'm not saying anybody's possessed or anything. It's just a thought comes to them and they just blurt it out. And then somebody takes it to heart and they think, I can't, and they're to believe in a lie. They can. Most people, in that example, I mean, most people can carry a tune... Not everybody's called to, you know, record, but people, depending on what God has called you to do, you can do it. If God's called you to do it and it's really there, uh, you can do it. And it, you may have to get lessons. <laughs> you may have to develop. Right? This applies in every area, but just going, I can't. That, somehow these things get into people where um, there's something they're actually gifted to do, actually have the ability to do, but they listen to a lie, it becomes a stronghold, and they think they can't, and they stop. Well, that's all has to do with thoughts. A thought came in, and instead of saying, no, hey, if, if I believe God's called me to do something, then I'm going to do it, and it doesn't matter if somebody told me I can't. I'm going forward. If somebody tells you, something at school or at work and they don't like you and they say you could let that just ruin your time there at school it could ruin your time at work you think everybody's thinking like that or you could refute it and say well i mean you don't have to have to even talk to them you just say well says you i'm not believing that i'm going on and and refute it but the point is thoughts come and uh if we don't do something with it then they can take root and then they can affect every part of our life. So we talked uh, a lot about that and talked about um, practical ways to do that. And uh, we looked at the very, you know, the, the very beginning where Satan tempted Eve and, and said, basically just question, did God really say what he said he said? You know, God said, you know, don't, don't eat of the fruit. And Satan came to, and said, did, did he really say that? And Eve eventually believed the lie and acted on it. And so this is exactly the way it happens today. Thoughts come in and will question what God has said, will question uh, truth and try to get us to believe a lie. So we have to actively get rid of thoughts and we have to actively replace our thinking 
that is not based on God's Word with God's Word. Let's look at Ephesians 4.20. Uh, look at this and then we'll go forward here. It says, But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard Him and have been taught by Him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct. The old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Verse 23 says to be renewed in the spirit of of your mind. And the Amplified verse 23 says, Be continually renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh, untarnished mental and spiritual attitude. So this talks about being renewing, renewed in the spirit of your mind, renewed in your mind. Let's look at Romans 12 verse 1. It says something similar. Verse 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Verse 2, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So be changed, transformed, that your actual behavior, we're not talking about religion, we're not talking about a creed or something that we just give mental assent to, we're talking about being changed for real, in real life, by the renewing of your mind. What does renewing of your mind mean? It means reprogramming. It means changing our thoughts. It means replacing, you could say, reprogramming your mind with what? You know you can reprogram your mind, renew your mind with all kinds of things. You can just get on the internet, start going down any number of rabbit holes, and start programming your mind with any number of subjects. Right? And come out in two days, a week, three months, and you're just, your head's full of a, a lot of stuff that wasn't there before. So we have to be careful what we renew our mind with. We're supposed to be renewing our mind with the truth of God's word. That's what this is referring to. So we, re- we replace any thoughts, any thinking in our minds that aren't based on the word of God with the word of God. And so casting down thoughts is a part of that. So that's like thoughts come in and you're casting them down based on the truth to the degree that you renew your mind is to the degree that you're going to refute thoughts. But another part is meditating. You have to qualify that. Meditating just means to think on. It means, it can mean to mutter, but it's, it's just thinking on stuff. It's, you know, like I said, has a lot of connotations these days. You know, meditating people think of certain acts and just getting quiet and you know, going into some kind of special state. When the Bible, and we're going to read it, when the Bible uses meditating, meditating can mean just to speak over and over. It means to think on. People meditate on stuff all the time, whether they know it or not. Worry is negative meditation. If you're thinking about something 24-7, some problem at work, some problem in your family, that is meditating. But a part of doing what we're talking about, renew our mind, renewing our mind and, and refuting thoughts, is meditating on right things 
the truth and displacing wrong understanding with the truth. And it's a process. You know, as we're going through and, and we, right now, as we're looking at God's Word, God's Word is living and powerful. It's, it's like no other book on the face of the earth. There is no book like it. It's living. It's the truth of God's Word. And so as we're reading this right now, our minds are being, if we'll let it, are being changed, are being renewed to what God said. It's not what I'm saying. We're, we're saying God's word, but it's not my idea. It's not, you know, my thoughts. It's the only thoughts that are truly going to change us are God's thoughts and his truth. And so a part of, of how we do this is we have to meditate on the right things, displace wrong understanding with the truth. We need a different way of thinking in order to get God's results that He wants in our life. We're going to have to change the way we think. Otherwise, we're going to go on the same track. Now, of course, this applies naturally too. That's why people go to classes. That's why people take seminars and whatever. There's a truth there, of course. You know, you go, how, you're, how we're behaving is directly related to how we're thinking. But you can replace your thinking like we said, with any number of uh, natural sets of thinking, that's not the same as replacing it with God's Word. Yeah, you, positive thinking is better than negative thinking. And that will get you to a place. But if it's not based on God's Word, then there's a fault line there. there there's, 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 um, there's a point where those thoughts will fail. You're just following a man could get you further, but if those thoughts aren't based on the Word of God, there, is, there, there are lines where they'll fail. They may look like they succeed in certain areas until you get over here, and that philosophy, that thought pattern falls. And so all you're going to do is go down the same path that somebody else did and fall where they fell. Whereas if we, if we look at the Word of God and we, we reprogram our mind, with the Word of God, get His truth into our mind, then, we're not, then His truth doesn't fail. Man may fail you. Don't get your eyes on people. Don't idolize people. You say, well, I'm not idolizing, idolizing anybody. We, it, it's subtle, but we can put people on pedestals and think they have it all together. Well, we ought to do our best to live holy. But God's word is not dependent on people doing it. God's word is truth. And so you look at the truth and let the truth be the truth. And then don't get pushed off it because of what people do. Do you realize people do this? They, and, and, and especially leaders, we, we should uh, do our best, of course, to live as holy as we can, and people in general, because that's a responsibility. But if you get your eyes so focused on somebody, whoever it is, somebody out there, that you believe you're not intentionally doing it, but you think, well, they have it together, or they couldn't fall, and when people do, you see what happens. People, people will, will go away from God because of what a person did. 
Well, I can't believe in that because look at so-and-so. God is higher than so-and-so. Just because they failed does not mean God failed. It means a human failed. We ought to know that happens every day. Is it good? Should we condone it? No, it's destruction. You know, and all of us have a responsibility. When we're working, in a, we're in a workplace, or we're at school, it's not a legalistic pressure, but yeah, we are to be a good witness. We are to, to, to um, do our best to live so that we are reflecting well on our Lord. We don't want to give Christianity a bad name. We don't want to be the reason people are going, yeah, I'm not serving God because look at this person, right? On the other hand, if people are doing that, they can do that. They killed Jesus, and he didn't do anything wrong. So people are going to do that anyway. You can't go that way either and think, I've got to live perfect so that people look to God. No, you're not the Savior, okay? Don't take that pressure because you're not. If you make a mistake, we acknowledge it. We don't want to go, though, just loose and uh, just easy to where it's like, well, it doesn't matter what I do. No, it doesn't matter because people do watch. But the truth is separate from what people do with it. And so we said, you know, you don't... There are ways of thinking. It just naturally it'll help us if we change our thinking up. But there, we don't want to follow a man's philosophy. We want to follow the Word of God. So we need to replace any thinking that doesn't line up with the Word of God. How do you know what that is? When we read the Word and it says something different than what we're thinking, that's the clue that we need to change our thinking because we're not going to change the Word of God. So if we hear or read what the Word of God says and, we, and, it, and it contradicts what we've accepted as truth, then we need to change. doesn't matter if our families have believed that for decades or centuries. If the, if the Word of God contradicts it, we need to change. Doesn't matter if, you know, group of people that we grew up with, if they're Christians, because uh, not everybody that calls themselves Christians actually uh, believes what the Word of God says. Nobody claims to have 100% perfect doctrine, but there are a whole lot of, of areas of Christianity, they don't even crack the book. The book. They don't even look at the Bible. It's, it's, it's personal philosophy, a lot of it. And if it, we, we need to know if, if, it, if, it, if what we're thinking, even if we heard something taught, even if we read a book that had the word Christian on it, if, it, if we find verses that contradict it, then we need to change our mind to agree with what the Bible said. That's why we look at scriptures. That's why we're not just, uh, just spouting opinion. We look at what the Bible actually says so that we can compare our thinking to the Bible. Let's look at John eight thirty one. It says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Verse 32, And you shall know the what? The truth, and the truth shall make you free. You shall know the truth. Notice it said in the verse before that, if you abide in my word. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Verse 32, you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Not somebody's opinion. 
not somebody's talk. It's the truth of God's Word that's going to make us free. Free from what? Free from all the binding forces that are in the world. This is a fallen world. There is a devil, and he seeks to entangle men with lies. Number one being, God doesn't exist, and Jesus is not the Savior. (laughs) If he can get people to believe that, he's got them. Another one, there is no devil. That's a lie. Well, we don't fight the devil. We don't. He's a defeated foe, but if you're going to believe that he doesn't exist, that's going to be, that's convenient. Because he can do whatever he wants. Well, it's not him, and he'll, he'll get people to believe it's God. No, God doesn't go around killing and stealing and destroying people. Verse 32 says, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So the truth, we look at the truth and get that in us, and start replacing thoughts that contradict the the truth, thoughts or ways of understanding, ways of thinking, philosophies that may have gotten in our head through whatever stage. If they contradict the truth, we need to replace them with the truth, and then in the areas we replace with the truth, then we're going to get free. And so that's a process, that's talking about our thoughts and, and our, our mind, what we think on, what we accept as truth. See, we're bound, if our thoughts line up with something that contradicts the truth, we're going to be bound in those areas, bound meaning we're going to experience problems because of that thinking until we accept what the truth says. And when we start accepting what the truth says, what the Word says, then things will start to change because our thinking's changed. Let's look at Joshua 1, verse 7. It talks about this process. Joshua 1, verse 7 says this. Actually, go to 8. Sorry. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Literally means to mutter there. So don't get some weird idea, somebody, you know, making crazy sounds, walking around with their eyes closed. You shall meditate it in it day and night. That means you're just thinking on it. You're thinking on it, you're saying it if you need to. Saying what the Word says. Saying the truth of God's Word. It says, you shall meditate it. Let's go back. This book of the law shall not depart your mind. Now, that's all they had at this point. It's talking about, uh, you know, the first five books. This book of the law of, of the Old Testament. Now we would say the word of God. We have the complete word of God. We would say, the word of God shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Somebody said, well, I can't. I can't do that day and night. People already already do it every day. Like we said, worry. Have you ever had, don't raise your hand, but have you ever had a problem that was engulfing you night and day? I'm talking about a real problem. Something that was pressing on you is at work. I mean, I know I have. There's stuff, you know, stuff that'll push on you to where you're not careful. You're you're waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Well, that would be all night, right? In the middle of the day. You might get rid of it for a while, but if you're not, if we're not actively doing what we're talking about here, you can be thinking about it. It might not be in the forefront of your, your thoughts. You are doing other things, but it's just sitting here. You know what I'm talking about? You're meditating. 
It's in the back of your mind, and it's pressure all, all the time. Well, if we can do that in the negative, we can do it on the positive. And we can start replacing what God said. Even if you, then you have situations like that, that's trying to engulf, but on the side, now you're believing what God said. God supplies all my need according to His riches and glory. God supplies all my need according to His riches and glory. Through Christ Jesus. You could be, you know, because there's a pressure at work. There's a pressure, you know, with rising prices and certain things. How am I going to pay for this? And I'm not sure about this. I just took this new job, but then I don't know if this is going to be enough. And you got to contradict that with something, what the Word of God says about it. He will supply all my need according to His riches and glory. By Christ Jesus. He wishes above all things that I prosper and be in health. You know, if I ask Him, He'll give me wisdom. He'll give me direction. So you can be meditating or, or thinking on things that uh, agree with God's Word, and you can be doing that night and day, just keeping it there. Just, you may, if you have to post something on your, on your mirror or on your refrigerator, or both. And every, you know, if you had to, you're going through a real tough time, you just start putting it on every door so that you're, you're walking through a door, you see something. Now, you actually have to look at it, because otherwise, after a little bit, you're ignoring it, right? <laughs> it's like, in our one car, why it was just the one car, that, well, it was because the, the clock was slow. So in our, in our one car, the, the clock would start, it just would get further and further behind over time. And so at one point, it's seven minutes slow. And we get used to that, right? So you look at it. It's not like, I mean, you look at it. It says it's 10.07. You know it's 10. It doesn't get you ahead. You just adjust, right? And then it would get to eight minutes. And then at one point, it was 17 minutes behind. (laughs) But we just get, we didn't move it. It just got, in this car, if you're in this car, you see this time, you adjust, right? So you basically are ignoring that fact, and you're doing the mental, it doesn't get you, you know, see, so I'm going I'm to set, set my alarm this much earlier, so that doesn't work, because you know it's set earlier, or, or later, or whatever, and so you just adjust. Well, if you put something up on your door, and you don't look at it, it just becomes part of your door. You just walk by it every day, and it's just there, and you don't, it doesn't mean anything, well, so whatever God would lead you to do, if there's something you want to do, well, then you actually do it. But you might have to put it up where there's reminders. And you're looking at it, but it's triggering something in your head to actually uh, look at the Word and actually think about it, and actually check your thoughts. Am I thinking on the right thing right now? And no, wait, this is true. Because there's all these other thoughts that are coming in telling you something else is true. And you're looking back saying, this is true. This is true. This is, and, it, and it's work. If somebody tells you that's not work, oh, it's just easy. That, you know, it's not hyper-spiritual, just, oh, no. You have real thoughts coming. You have to do something really to displace that. This is not easy, but it's possible. And with God, we can do it. Even if it's been there 15 years. Somebody said something to you, those can be the worst things because you get in a situation you want to believe the same way you've always believed, the same thoughts come. There might be adrenaline with that, fear. You could be shaking in a situation. What do you do? You start looking at what God said. 
and start thinking what God said. You might be in a business situation. Every time you get in a certain situation, you know, certain thoughts come and we have to start changing it to where we're in that situation and we replace those thoughts with what God said and he's going to help me right now in this situation and I'm going to get over it because of the what the Lord said and you change it to where that situation you start acting differently to where your reaction is aligned with the word of God not with the way you used to think let's finish what this this scripture Let's go back to the beginning of verse 8. It says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do all that is written in it. Notice that. You shall meditate in it day and night, so you're thinking on it. You're getting in your thinking. We're talking about you're replacing. Of course, you want to do this in every area, but there may be something that's pressing. So you start replacing it in that area. You don't have to fix everything at once. Focus on something. You start replacing it in that area. And then it says that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. So then you're thinking on it, and then you can actually start doing it. Because you're thinking on it, it's affecting what you do. Actually, changing the course of your life then. For the better. It's going in what... You're, you're now believing what God said instead of what your circumstances say, instead of what somebody told you 15 years ago, instead of what you saw on the news, that this is going to happen. So and you're thinking, well, that means this is going to happen. You're thinking, no, God, God's Word is over all that. And I'm going to believe His Word. Now you actually start changing what you do. And then look at the next part. For then... Then you will make your way prosperous. That's not just talking about financial. That's talking about every area. Prosperity is not just financial. If, you're, if we could have all the money in, in the world in the bank, but if we're worried, if we're stressed, if we're at, in strife with the people around us, we're not prosperous. This is talking about at peace. This is talking about being secure and just a well-being. But when you meditate on the Word, let that Word start affecting and changing our thoughts. Then we'll do it. And then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. That's the process. So we have parts. Because how do you know? How many of you know anything in our life where we're not having good success? There's a... It doesn't mean you won't have challenges, even if you're in the will of God. But if we're having consistent parts where there is, we're having trouble, God's Word is the answer. If we're having trouble in a marriage, God's Word's the answer. If we're having trouble health-wise, thank God for medicine. Thank God for doctors. But there are things that doctors can't do. But God can. If we're having constant problems financially yeah there's behaviors we can do if we're blowing all our money you know uncertain that well that that needs to change but it's a, it comes back to a way of thinking if we were really renewed to god's word we wouldn't do that right it, it comes back to how we're thinking because god he created mankind and he has 
the right way to go about this life. It all centers around Jesus. But it, there's the right way to go about how we act in this life that is going to bring good success. Doesn't mean you'll never have a challenge, but it means you'll overcome the challenge. And that is not just success talk. That is not positive thinking. God's Word, God Himself, He's not a God of failure. He's a God that uh, he, he never, nothing God has ever done has ever failed. So if we're getting our thoughts in line with Him, we're not talking about worldly success. We're talking about eternal uh, things that matter for the long run, things that won't hurt people, behavior that'll bring us peace in every area. Again, not doesn't say that we won't have challenges, but God will help us over every challenge if we'll look to Him. But the way we're going to get through it is by believing and thinking what He said, not all this other stuff. It says, For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. If what? We're thinking like he, sa- he thinks, then we're going to do what He would have us to do, and then our life, the course of our life, is going to actually change. Amen? And what do we do? We go from anything that we see in our life that we, again, the Word comes up, we see it doesn't line up. We start working to start changing our mind. Okay, first thing is acknowledge that God's right and we're wrong. And sometimes that's a process because your pride, your thing, it dawns on you over time. You, you see it kind of, but you don't really see it. And then it's kind of, and then all of a sudden you see it. You're like, oh, oh, okay. So I'm, I'm thinking wrong here. That's why. All right. Now you've got to change it. What are you going to do? You have a choice, and people do this. Don't, don't, don't believe that people don't do this. They see the truth. They see what they're thinking now. And they determine in their mind the cost is too great to change the truth. Forget it. I'm sticking with this. Happens every day. Some people think, well, no, if, if we just knew the truth, it would... It, it, it would just change everything. Everybody would accept it. That's not true. People reject the truth every day. They'll reject Jesus. And if they'll reject Jesus, they'll, they'll reject other parts of the truth. Some people determine that holding on to something they believe, even if it's killing them, even if it's hurting them, the cost is too great to let go of it, and I won't let it go of it. Could be minor. Could be just something I like, you know, like this. So the first step is, which it should go without saying, but it doesn't go without saying, is acknowledge that God's right and we're going to agree with him. And if we'll do that, now he's going to help us with the rest of it. Lord, I see that. I see that you're right. I see that your word is right. Now I'm going to change this. I'm going to start thinking the way you think. I'm going to change this in this area. So the thoughts come up contradictory, but I'm just going to start meditating on what you said And that will change that area to where my life starts following that area and I start having good success in this area and I move on. And then that's what life is. The next thing you start seeing something, you're like, okay. And we go through the same thing. And the more we do that, the more we're going to get lined up with what he said. And the more we get lined up with what he said, the better place we're going to be.